Welcome to the Restaurant Boiler Room, Episode 8. I'm your host, Rick Ormsby, Managing Director at Unbridled Capital. Today in the Boiler Room, Q4 Restaurant Sales Comp Update, Valuation Update for 2019, EBITDA and cap rates, Restaurant Unit Count is dropping, and our question of the week, what does Unbridled Capital do? The Restaurant Boiler Room is a one-stop shop for multi-million dollar merger and acquisition activity and financial complexities affecting the franchise restaurant industry. We talk money, deals, valuations, and risk delivered to the front door of franchisees, private equity firms, family offices, large investors, and franchisors on an every other week basis. Feel free to find our content at Unbridled Capital's website at www.unbridledcapital.com. Now let's enter the Boiler Room. Our first topic is Q4 Restaurant Sales Comp Update. Now, the background here is TDN2K just released its findings on December comp sales and traffic. They said that December's same-store sales growth of 2% was the best monthly performance in over three years. Q4 same-store sales growth was 1.4%, the best in over three years as well. From an annual perspective, 2018 saw the industry return to a positive same-store sales growth of 0.7% after two years of declining sales. However, the industry continues to suffer from declining guest counts. Traffic growth was negative 0.9% in December. Q4 traffic growth was negative 1.6%. Ouch. It continues to be through an acceleration in average spending per guest that the industry can produce positive sales growth amid the persistently falling guest counts. Average guest checks grew by 3.1% during the fourth quarter year over year. Now, here are my comments. I'm really pleased that we had a great December in comp sales as an industry. Traffic declines persist, but they are improving. The data suggests that you need to see 3 to 4% sales increases in order to get traffic growth. As guest counts are decreasing when guest checks are rising to combat minimum wage increases. Weather was quite favorable in many places throughout the country in December, and this trend will hopefully continue in January and February, as many Midwestern states particularly were hit hard with winter weather in 2018. Now, generally, though, the storyline can't be seen in these overall numbers. Sales growth has been uneven throughout the country and in various brands. Some of my Taco Bell buddies are reporting 10 to 15% sales increases so far in January. That brand has incredible pricing power right now. I'm hearing pockets of nice sales increases at Pizza Hut through its $5 lineup promotion, for example. I've been told that Popeye's is struggling badly for sales right now, as is Hardee's. Papa John's is still trying to recover from its negative PR. Last year, many other chains are seeing flattish sales comps, driven largely by discounting and a lack of new product innovation. Our second topic is valuation update for 2019, EBITDA and cap rates. Background here is I just returned from a week's trip throughout the Southeast to see mid-sized franchisees, a few franchisors, and some private equity groups. I saw a few young franchisees met with Arby's Corporate, Hardy's Corporate, Rourke Capital, and several smaller Atlanta-based PE firms. From these meetings, I think the general temperature was quite optimistic for 2019. Most of these groups were very positive on the growth of their companies. There's widespread and cautious optimism that 2019 could be a continuation of a strong current M&A environment and historically high valuations in the sale of restaurant companies. Several groups talked about the difficulty 
of finding good employees, especially in Atlanta and Nashville, where growth has been so extraordinary that unemployment is close to 0%. I don't know if any of you have been to those cities recently, but the growth has been incredible. Some franchisees talked about increasing consternation in the stock market, which saw a huge drop in December that sent a chilly warning to many of us. There was some mention of difficulty in same-store sales comps in 2019 as we roll over positive sales increases from last year's tax cut in employee wages. There were some concerns about three or four more potential interest rate hikes in 2019 and their collective effect on borrowing cost, which reduces asset prices in the M&A process. Geopolitical uncertainty, U.S.-China trade tensions, and Republican-Democrat government shutdown fights were mentioned as concerning items to watch. But overall, the message was very positive about growth and acquisitions. Now, I generally agree with these observations, concerns, and reasons for optimism. In 2018, we saw a huge increase in valuations in several brands, including Pizza Hut and KFC. Others remained relatively flat in terms of valuation, but still at elevated levels. Only a few brands saw decreasing valuations. So I expect 2019 valuations to be flattish, absent a macroeconomic event that shocks the industry. We might see slight EBITDA multiple declines if industry sales soften or if their pronounced interest rate increases. Surprisingly, the 10-year treasury is another item here. It's dipped back into the 2.7% range, 20 to 25 basis points lower than much of Q2 and Q3 of 2018. So cap rates have stayed very attractive and have actually improved a bit in the last few months, which is quite a surprise as I thought cap rates would have worsened by now. So for now, it looks like the M&A engine will stay primed for 2019, and it might even increase as sellers might act on what could be the final year at historically high prices in this prolonged upcycle. Now, our third topic is restaurant unit count is dropping. The background here is the Restaurant Finance Monitor just came out with an interesting article entitled Still Too Many Restaurants. They report a drop of 1% in the number of restaurants from 2017 to 2018, resulting in a little over 4,000 fewer restaurants than a year ago. Fast casual expansion declined from 8 to 9% to 2% in the past year. That's a big drop. QSR unit growth remained relatively flat, and full-service chains grew by 2%, they report. For full-service, My opinion is this growth is likely as a result of a depressed base. So my comments are that full-service restaurants and independents have taken a big hit in recent years. We all know that. Look around at the restaurants that have closed in your area, for example. In my home city of Louisville, I've seen a mass exodus of Applebee's, Hometown Buffet, and Ruby Tuesdays, among others, for example. There are hardly any independents anymore unless you go to the eclectic area of town. Fast casual in our areas had a big slowdown as well. The high cost of labor and real estate has necessitated big sales volumes for success. Some fast casual brands are doing great, but many have placed a halt on their expansion plans as new units are underperforming financially. Now, QSR might look like clipping a bond coupon. Sort of boring, slow, but steady. Same-store sales growth has been decent, and new unit growth has largely been flat, a trade-off of new unit growth and new unit decline between various brands. As an example, I'm told of an explosion of QSR and fast casual chicken competition popping up in the Texas and Oklahoma areas particularly, where some small towns are now seeing three new competitors open in the same year. Now, I've said this for quite a bit over the few years here, and operators need to really take note 
to push franchisors to close unprofitable units. The amount of time spent on unprofitable restaurants can dwarf the time investment in the successful ones that are making all the money. Sometimes it's okay to admit defeat and cut losses, separating the wheat from the chaff. At Unbridled, we rarely see a 10-store portfolio that doesn't have at least one badly negative EBITDA location that needs closing. And as a specific example, we are looking at a smaller business now that if one of the locations is closed, the overall valuation would increase by almost 25%. For operators, keep in mind that if your location is EBITDA negative, then it isn't even covering rent. There's no financial reason to keep a store like this open. You make money by locking the doors. You make even more money by subletting and subsidizing rent, and you make a ton of money if an EBITDA negative location isn't included in a sale of a larger package of locations in the M&A process. So our question of the week is, what does Unbridled Capital do? Well, Unbridled Capital is a franchise investment banking company based in Louisville, Kentucky. I own and manage Unbridled and have been involved in the franchise industry since the early 2000s, starting as a KFC corporate employee working in finance and operations. Our core business is sell-side M&A, helping franchisees and franchisors in the sale and disposition of their locations. We also do buy-side M&A, helping select large franchisees acquire more locations or get into another brand for growth. We help with financing as well, whether it is placing debt for a new entity that is acquiring a platform of franchises or recapitalizing an existing business through an acquisition or for purposes of borrowing money more efficiently. Our clients choose us because of the depth of our relationship with franchisees, private equity companies, and family offices, leading to the highest prices in the sale of their companies. We also offer an intense focus and expertise in getting deals completed efficiently and on the best possible terms with the least risk. Our clients appreciate our four cornerstone principles, which are innovation, comprehensiveness, relatability, and passion for success. Unbridled has historically had a huge penetration in the YUM system, a system in which I famously tell people that I know almost every Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut franchisee. Over the past 12 to 18 months, we've had about 15 Taco Bell assignments, 10 to 12 KFC assignments, and 10 to 12 Pizza Hut assignments, representing hundreds of restaurants and approaching a billion dollars in collective valuations. For example, we'll probably sell 600 to 800 Pizza Huts over a three-year period. In 2018, Unbridled also sold corporate markets for Papa Murphy's International and Papa John's, and this is an area of growth for our firm for 2019 and beyond. Our average deal size is probably 20 to 40 units or so, though we regularly work on larger transactions as well. In the Yum! system, I have many long-term friends who are smaller franchisees, so particularly in KFC and Taco Bell, Unbridled will readily help smaller franchisees in the sale of their businesses. Unbridled is rapidly growing into other brands, and we've had current or recent assignments in Five Guys, Burger King, Applebee's, Arby's, Planet Fitness, and several smaller franchisors. And finally, we have a six-man team. Me, Derek Ball, Tony Petrunin, Charles Schultz, Renee Newsom, and Tom Pope. Everyone on our team has an advanced degree of some kind. Derek is an attorney, which helps greatly with deal execution work. Tony is a former Pizza Hut corporate employee with international franchising and investment banking experience. Charles has a JD MBA and knows contracts and valuations. Renee is a CPA and worked for many years for Steak and Shake. And Tom Pope is a former ENY partner and tax professor at the University of Kentucky. Thanks so much for entering the Boiler Room today. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you like these podcasts, please listen, rate, and review. I also encourage you to visit our website at www.unbridledcapital.com for the best franchise M&A and financial resources in the industry. Our website includes podcasts, 
videos, white papers, and a list of our M&A transactions. Please note that neither Rick Ormsby nor Unbridled Capital LLC give legal, financial, or tax advice. These podcasts represent opinions that have been prepared for informational purposes only. We expressly disclaim any and all liabilities that may be based on such information, errors therein, or omissions therefrom.